It's bad. Anime. Hey everybody, I'm John. And I'm Rob. And this is Bad Anime, the podcast where we decide, is is this this anime anime bad? bad? That's right, I'll sync it up later in post, baby. The beauty of remote. We're going remote again. I figured I'd at least try the intro. It's hard when we we don't have the physical aspect there, so we're each like going at different metronomes without... We don't really pre-prime a lot of the stuff, folks. We just kind of go by the seat of our pants. I have actually have a little bit of tequila and white claw next to me, so I'm really flying high right <laughs> you now. Just, you just chose violence, just like our boy D. Every day, you choose violence. You come in with... Did D choose violence? And I don't know if he did choose violence. Oh, right, You're right. I... Okay, let's, let's settle back, sailor. I'm the one who's drinking, but you're the one coming in hot. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. You're right. V- violence chose him, but it was not Violence Jack, thankfully. Because this, everybody, is Vampire Hunter D, the anime that we're talking about today. The OVA. Um, well, yes, excited. well, here's the thing. Is it, um, I, think, I think it was an OVA, yes, but um, people often call this a film just because of the length. Because actually, the length is around an hour 20-ish. So people go, yes. people go like, oh, it's a movie. I'm like, well, no, it was released on video. So that's like the thing. O- original video animation. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that because I I was seeing when I was Googling it uh, for a while, like when we decided we wanted to talk about it, I was like, all right, let me let me figure out a little bit about this. Let me learn like what the actual spelling is. If it is like Vampire Hunter D is in the letter D or just like D-E-E. And I was like, all right, let me check it out. So I looked it up and a lot of places were like, yeah, that's a film. uh, But why are you watching that one? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for hitting the nail right on the head. This is exactly why I wanted to cover this. So here we go. This is Vampire Hunter D from 1985. The reason Uh I emphasize the year is because in the year 2000, they made another film. Um, In Japan, it's just known as Vampire Hunter D. But in the rest of the world, it's Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust to um different oh, differentiate um bloodlust is what is very well regarded as one of the most beautiful anime films to come out period hmm. i've i have i still have actually haven't seen bloodlust yet but um from what all just for just the images and like the, the clips i've seen the thing's fucking beautiful like it is really? breathtaking in terms of wow. technical technicality and just coloring and how the show just mm. fucking looks sorry the movie looks mm. it's a gorgeous film. It looks beautiful. I haven't seen the whole thing yet, so I can't give like the full objective stamp of approval yet. And I'm, I, it's, it's been on my back burner for a while. Just so many mm-hmm. other things, that, just in anime alone, have come into my life, and then my personal yeah. life, my personal professional life being a whirlwind. <laughs> I didn't have time to uh, get to it yet. But I wanted to talk about this film for two reasons. Yes. One because um, I was randomly shopping for manga one time. And I happened to find the manga Vampire Hunter D, which is very funny because this originally wasn't a manga. Oh, really? It was a, it was a film or OVA first, and then it no, and it, it was a novel a first. Oh, it was a novel, a light novel, or like a novel novel. See, this is hard because the novel came out mm. in like the eighties before the term light novel was super established. Um, looking back, because basically. What the qualification is for a light novel nowadays? I'm using the air quotes while saying that. Um, is that it's, you know, under a certain length, and there's a bunch of anime-esque pictures and illustrations throughout, right? Not a mm-hmm. lot, just a couple, like, put in there to emphasize the author's, you know, descriptions. Sure. D is kind of in the middle because it was, I think it's a, if I remember correctly, it was a little longer than most light novels. The first novel, anyway, there's, like, 20-plus of these books. 
or even more. I don't even know how many there are at this point. Um, so, cause I, but I read the first one and, um, it was a little longer than the average light novel, if I remember correctly. And mm. there are some illustrations in there, but they weren't super anime-esque. You could tell the Japanese influence, obviously, but there's a lot more, there's a lot more Western art influences in the illustrations as well. I forgot mm. who the artist was who drew the illustrations. They were beautiful. And, um, mm. so it was a novel first, but I read the manga first. So this is very interesting because the first volume of the manga, the first novel, and what we're talking about today all tell the same story. So Oh, okay. So I've consumed this story now in three different fucking mediums. Wow. All right. So wait, what did you find first then? I found the manga first, then the anime, and then I and then I read, and then I eventually read the novel. Mm, okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but like when we finish, I would I would like to know from you generally uh, what order you like them in. I mean, cuz sure. it is the same the same story told in three ways. Yeah. And um I would like to know which one you thought was the best medium for this. Of course. Uh, before we even watch Bloodlust because you know as you said Bloodlust is like the critically acclaimed one like that's the one that everybody says, "Oh, it's beautiful." Right. Which is why I was really excited when you <laughs> I think your text to me was like, "All right, so there's this one called Vampire Hunter D. Uh there's Bloodlust, which is really good and very widely regarded. Don't watch that." <laughs> 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 and I was like, alrighty then, alright, and you know, you know it's, I, I guess, maybe you can find Bloodlust on YouTube as well, but yes. this Vampire Hunter D, the movie directly, the link you sent me, was just on YouTube, it's just generally right there, like all yeah, 120 on minutes. I, I don't know if it's one of the rights things where like the rights holders just aren't, don't care, that could, yeah, that could very could well be. be it, you know, it could be could a smaller, be. smaller team or a smaller production company and, you know, hasn't been picked up by one of the mega anime corporations, so they're just letting it mm -hmm. float in the ether, that could very mm -hmm. well be it. And that also led to me picking it because it was right there. But for me, this is something I really wanted to talk about because because of all the adulation and accolades Bloodlust has gotten, this film, OVA, whatever you want to call it, has essentially become obsolete. Mm -hmm. No one talks about this one. No mm -hmm. one. And as someone who's consumed this story a few times now, I figured, you know what? Let's try to judge this film or OVA as a product and as it as as a piece of art in and of itself yeah it, yeah because it's it's treated with a lot of ambivalence so my question is is it bad is it good let's just fucking find out we both yeah. watched it i watched it a good th four hours ago so it's that's, fresh in my oh, okay that's fresh i mean i i watched it about a few weeks ago yeah uh, but i do have as as per usual i got some extensive notes on it right <laughs> <laughs> I got some uh, notes that I looked at, and I I am not, of course, able to decipher all of them, but most of them ah, I got ah. a good grasp of, of what I was able to get from it. Because this one was an interesting watch, and um, mm. let, let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. Let's because I think coming from my perspective, right? Right. Um, like, it seems like you have okay. a pretty good knowledge of the source material here and kind of what the story is supposed to be and, like, how right. it works. Um, yeah. I, of course, did not. Um, so Again, dichotomy. Exactly. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. So I approached this from square one, and the title, Vampire Hunter D, I'm thinking, this guy, this motherfucker, this guy's name is like Damien or some shit. I'm thinking he's got some cool ass, like, D name. No, his name is literally the letter D. From what we understand now, yes, but, but by the end of the movie, they hinted the D could stand for something else. Do you know how many the D jokes that just 
entered and exited, pun intended, my mind during this entire... Because, okay, that's the thing. Before we even get into the plot or anything, I want to just talk about all of the D names because that is just the, the big thing here. Whoever wrote this, the, the originator of Vampire Hunter D, clearly loves D uh, as a letter. Um, well, who doesn't love D? It's a great letter. It's a great letter. I mean, it could do a oh, lot of things. Oh, you the letter. I'm sorry. Of course, that too. You know, it yep. has its it has its positives. Um, but there was like a lot of characters, right? There's D, who's the vampire hunter. He meets uh, your usual damsel in distress character named Doris. Yep. Uh, Doris has a D- brother. Doris, named... the damsel in distress. That was a great <laughs> triple D. Um, and I then love her her <laughs> also a great D. Uh, her brother's name is Dan. Yep. Um, and then there is Dracula, who is the main villain. Um, well, no, and he's, he's never referred to as Dracula. He isn't. He isn't. You're right. You're correct. And they he's actually, not... well, the thing is, you might have missed something because the entire time they're looking at the poster of the great ancestor. Oh, that's right. Who is Dracula? Mm-hmm. Who is Dracula, right. But he's he not no, himself Dracula. He's, he's very Lee. old, though. Count Lee. Count Lee? Yeah, if, I assume it's a reference to Christopher Lee, who played Dracula in the 50s um, Hammer films. I oh, like yeah, that. I see. I, I, I know. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I think it was an homage to Christopher Lee, kind of. And um, I, 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 this is a good time to mention I'm pretty into, like, I'm, I'm not super into Dracula, but, like, I, I have this weird thing. like, And I'm not generally a horror guy, but for some reason, like, the 50s Hammer horror films they made over in, like, from Hammer Studios, Hammer Production, whatever it was. Like, the, I forget what, the, what they were, but Hammer mm-hmm. was a company over in Britain who made a ton of horror films hmm. in the 50s and 60s with, like, guys who I adore, you know, Christopher Lee. Um, Vincent Price was in a few of them. The guy who played Governor Tarkin in Star Wars. And I'm trying to remember his fucking name right now. <laughs> Honestly, that's further than I could have ever taken it. So I- I'll just give it to you right now. <laughs> yeah, so, but there's sometimes, there's a lot of times where, like, um, I love it when anime, like, incorporates pop culture references from other cultures. So yeah, I assume it. Count I assume Count Lee was a reference to Christopher Lee. I'm just going to, because he played Dracula mm-hmm. in I don't know how many films. That's that's fascinating to me. He also they, played Count Dooku in Star Wars. So in case you're wondering who I'm talking about, I really like that because I like what they were able to do in this. Because uh, it is like sure, it's like a vampire hunter, right? And I guess the main oh, premise D himself, is that yeah. D is a vampire hunter, but he's also half vampire. A Dampier. Yeah, a Dampier. Yes, which they hammer into the show quite a lot. But yes. D is this kind of like wandering vampire, which is why it stood out to me so uh, so. Um, uh, specifically, that you talked about Western media in this, yes, because it's he's he kind of he kind of got this drifter cowboy kind of vibe to him because he rides a horse around, you know. Well, here's the thing: this is why the show immediately grabbed me. I'm sure you could pick up on it when as you're watching it and think, "Oh yeah, this is Rob's cocaine," where it's like a a gothic <laughs> pseudo sci-fi western. Yeah, because that is something that they glaze over a few times, and like they reminded me a few times, and I was like, "Oh wow." They're totally in space. I forgot that they were in space. Well, well no, they're not in space. Thing. They're like, you know, they're clearly it's post-apocalyptic and they're right. in the very far future. So it's a right. mixture of like Western frontier ideology with these ruins of old technology. And so yes. basically, because the, the, the through line is that vampires built this incredibly advanced society, scientific society, but then the humans rebelled and then just basically overthrew the vampires. Because in this mm-hmm. show, vampires are referred to as nobles. So yes, they, were, that's they right. were the once ruling class over the world until the humans rebelled. 
and they took back their land. So now we're in this cool frontier wild-esque land with these ruins and these old and it's very advanced technologies kind of lying around and we meet our yeah. main villain our main villain count lee who I have a lot to say about a lot oh interesting okay well I, but, i'm excited to talk to you about that then and his like castle is a mixture between like gothic architecture and but some of like the interior shots is all metallic and it looks like mm-hmm. they're, they're running through the corridors of the death star almost so it, yeah it, you're right and it's so it's a mixture of so many different uh, genres and styles of um, literature and film, but it's crazy because um, the author of the original novel and the production team here really made it work in the context of the story they were trying to tell. So mm-hmm. you have to give them props for just creating this wacky fusion of worlds, but having it make enough narrative sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It did make enough sense. And I think, like, even for me, like, coming into it, that was something that yeah. I could follow generally throughout the story is, is like, yeah. the general narrative. And also, like, there were, there were just some scenes where at, like, one point in time, like, Doris, who is, like, the mm-hmm. damsel in distress character, is in, like, a spaceship. And I'm like, oh, yes. that's right, because there's space. And then there's also vampires. And there's also Wild Wild West. But the thing is that it starts, like, with a very, like, limited medium. And then it expands to this whole thing where you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Because they started from square one and brought me in and kind of held my hand. And they brought my hand gradually, you know? which I really enjoyed. And yeah. uh, it's funny because I, I would love to talk about Doris for a little bit. So in, so in order to talk about Doris, we have to kind of start from the very beginning of the story. Because yes. she is a damsel in distress until she isn't. It's very weird with a character. It, you're, you're correct. You are correct with that. <laughs> so Continue, how the, please. How the whole story starts, um, this wasn't – I don't remember this being the case in the novel. At least I don't think it was. But um, in this, we get a very cool – a very quick scene of, like, Doris uh, hunting. You know, she's just a girl in the Wild West trying to kill an animal for food. So, right. Right. That's what she's trying to do. She has a very like she's so she's she's wandering around and kind of like wild esque, I guess wild west uh, inspired. I guess you could say like bar maiden clothes kind of a thing, like bar mm-hmm. tavern tavern like you know waitress type thing. Not like not like sexy or anything. Just like someone who's probably scrubbing floors at a bar, right? Like a saloon in the in the west. She's just carrying this giant fucking fuck off assault rifle and just shooting <laughs> down dinosaurs. So you're already yeah. enthralled naturally. So funny. But it was a cool little action set piece. And the next thing you know, this count appears out of nowhere. And bites her neck. I don't remember seeing it, but I remember it being applied. And yes, it was. It was not seen, uh, but it was yeah. implied. Yes, exactly. And then, so then we start off where the novel starts off with Doris standing in the middle of the road, you know, and then suddenly D shows up. And I gotta say, in this show, um, D's entrance was pretty epic. You know, here here he comes, our big our big um, he's supposed to be in black, but in the show they went with more like blue for him. It's, yeah, it's, it was like blue or purpley, kind of like some dark variation. Of yeah, there's he was supposed to be like pure black, which he was in Bloodlust, and it looked stunning. But I guess the mm. team was working with what they could here, because yeah. as we'll get into the the visual the visuals of this of this movie are a little are sometimes gorgeous, sometimes really spotty, and it's wildly yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, it, so, it but, depends. I yeah, continue. Mm. Sorry. No, no, no worries. So D D's riding into town. Doris is like, "Are you a hunter?" D doesn't say anything. It's like, oh, I guess that sword's just for show. So she has like this um, whip that has like kind of like it basically turns into like a um, picture like a lightsaber, but it's like um, a more binding. I guess for, for anime fans, instead if you can't, if you can't imagine Star Wars, picture the the beam saber from Gundam, and it, but yeah, with like it's a like it's like it's like a it's like a saber mixed with kunai with chain. Eggs, a great a great comparison. 
so that's the first thing I thought because she's also blonde and then she brought it out of her backpack and she like threw it and I was yeah. like kunai with chain kunai like, no. with chain <laughs> I was like that's not it that's not it so but yeah she like binds D and says okay drop your sword go or I won't and I won't hurt you D just shrugs destroys all the bindings and keeps riding on his horse because that's just who he is <laughs> Just a fucking dude. The D stands for dude, probably. The D stands for fucking dude. I know it should be FD, but the F is silent. Anyway. No, he's the fucking dude. He's a dude. So then she's like, wait, wait, I actually need you. She she lowers her collar that she's wearing and reveals, like, the two the two bites of vampire fangs. What mm-hmm. I like here, they incorporate it into the world building where it said the kiss of a noble. And I'm just like... Wow, to just rename it to make it more applicable to the story you're telling, that's just smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I thought that was a good storytelling device, too, referring to all the vampires as nobles. Because you never yeah. really hear them say vampire too much. No. Um, and you you just call him a hunter, right? Yes. He's like a hunter. Well, they, they, they eventually do call him a vampire hunter at some point. But they, right. just, but they make they hammer it home clear as, like, they're nobles first, vampires second. Yes, exactly. Which is a very interesting device. But then Doris kind of confides in D saying, hey, I got bit. They're going to come after me. I need a hunter. And yeah. that's where our story begins. And D's like, there's a there's a noble. Guess I got to kill the fucker. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's pretty like um, laissez-faire at first for this guy. He's just kind of yeah. like, oh, you need me to do shit? Yeah, I mean, I kill vampires, so I, I guess I'll kill this vampire. I mean, that's kind of like what I do generally. So, yeah. I mean, so he's like, it wouldn't be too crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. It wouldn't be too crazy of you to ask me to. Yeah, all right, I'll just do that. And then... Um, the, the scene I want to point out in the very beginning, uh, when they meet and then yes. she's just kind of like, all right, cool. Like you're hunting vampires for me. So you should probably come home with me. And he's like, uh, yeah, okay. I guess and she like yeah, brings sure. him home. Yeah. And then, uh, her brother is out there and her Dan. brother, as I mentioned, his name is Dan. And our first introduction to Dan is him just like shooting like lasers at squirrels. And he's just yeah. like and also, committing. Yeah. I got to point out, like it wasn't. It wasn't cutesy. It was a little violent. Like they, it was they, very violent. Like the squirrels yeah. were bleeding out everywhere. You saw organs flying out and, and, and the oh bones. Oh my god! It was it, it wasn't really exactly whimsical, but it wasn't far off from that feeling, which really threw me off. He, he's like, ha ha ha, killing squirrels for family. It's like, well, you gotta hunt, you gotta hunt, but you don't seem to be so happy about it. It was so funny because he just looked like he, he just like this boy is just out there committing severe animal cruelty, like anti peta yes. animal cruelty level, and then he turns around and he's like, oh. Hey, Doris. Yeah, it's Doris, fair. welcome back. Hi, Mr. D. It's like, excuse me? So, and there was a line, and again, I'm fresh on this, so I remember this line. And I thought it was a Oh, very, yeah, please. It was, I thought, like, the line, it was, it was one of those lines, like, it's one of those lines that made me think, you know what I mean? Sometimes you hear a line of dialogue, and you don't know how you feel about it, but, like, the, but it makes you think, you know what I mean? Even if you're not entirely sure what the initial emotional response is. At least, at least that's how I, I operate. So, mm-hmm. there was... D and Dan were talking. Well, by and by that I mean D- Dan was saying a bunch of shit, and D was just standing there because that's who D <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, because that's his way of conversing and communicating. Until he has to say something. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, at one point Dan was like, "Hey, Mister, I heard there's two types of people in the world, like two two types of quiet people in the world: people who are thinking bad stuff and not talking, or people who've seen a lot of bad stuff and don't want to talk about it." Pause. I think you're more of the second type. <laughs> I remember that scene so well because when he said that, like, it, it's yeah. like the director was like, all right, and we'll just freeze frame here for like three seconds. 
And then we'll continue this. Yes, yes. But it was one of those lines. I'm like, okay, that's a kind of a, that's like, you know, it's, it's it's one of those cool action hero lines that kind of resonate with me always. Like, it, they're, yeah. a little, they're corny, but like something about it's kind of badass at the same time. So I mm-hmm. I liked hearing that. But yes, anyway, D does sign on, and you know he agrees to help Doris out with her little vampire problem. But the problem right. is um, when they're trying to pick up supplies, and because they go to town, like the town near where they live, and they try to pick up supplies. And I forget his name already. We learned that. Oh, yes. This other, like, rich rich guy, whatever. He's the mayor's son. Or, yeah, yeah like, the mayor's son. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, basically. He, he's our he's our alpha. He's basically our alpha character. Um, from from, um, from Darling in the Franks. Or our <laughs> Rene Dan Claude from, uh, from, from Armages the Third. He's come in many forms. Uh, he's blonde. You know, he's tall. He's handsome. I'm only realizing now these characters are all very similar. Dude, he's our Charles Dunois from Spirit Chronicles. He's he's just Charles the guy. Charles Dunois. Dunois. <laughs> oh my! Wow, we have to do a tier list of these eventually. I know, uh, but yes. Anyways, they meet him. Yeah, and so it, it comes out that um, at one point he he tried to uh he tried to uh convince Doris to do naughty things with him, and she was like, uh, ew, no. And so he just charges it to town. So basically, he tries to convince her again, saying, hey. I got a lot of money. I can hire better hunters than this fucking guy. All you have to do, as he and he, as he reaches for her, and she punches him, which was very weird for me because this this movie goes back and forth as depicting her as a very strong woman, but also the damsel in distress. And like, yes. which one is she? They can don't. We... They they can't decide because there's one scene where she's kind of in distress and can't do anything about it, and then right. the next scene where she's just kicking ass, like just hauling ass down the road, and it's like, guys, like I. Is she, like, good at things, or is she not good at things? Like, just pick one. Well, here's the thing. Um, I feel like if they gave this a little more time, they could have explained this better, because, you know, there are, there are, there are a lot of people in the world who are, very, who are outwardly very strong people, but at the same time, like, they're fighting a bunch of emotional baggage. So mm-hmm. it's like, if, if she's someone who has to be strong now, but eventually just wants to, like, you know, I guess you could say give up all those... Um, give up all that responsibility and just, like, you know, let go of, like, you know, everything that's been, like, you know, that ha- has happened to them. Because we mm-hmm. get a little glimpse of that with her and D later on where she is falling for D. Spoilers, of course. This is, but it's not too much of a spoiler. But there's a very, there's a very intense scene with them where it's very intimate where, like, she just wants to, like, you know, really just surrender herself and just, like, give up all, like, give up all the responsibility she had to bear for so long. Because oh, yeah. of, like, but, you know, but here's the problem. I can understand if that's what, because the novel kind of had that a little bit. Not really. I, I liked it. It was emphasized a little more. This this show, unfortunately, didn't really have any, any of that. So mm. it would have been really cool to see. You can grasp it. I don't want to say grasp it strong necessarily, but you can make those connections yourself and say, okay, she has duality because of this. Mm-hmm. So there is a way to have that duality and make sense. Unfortunately, my main point here, they didn't have enough time to flesh it out. So instead of like, Instead of you learning both sides of her personality, it just seems she goes back and forth, which is yeah, a shame. Yeah, she, she just gets very flip-floppy over time. So I'm just saying there's poten- interesting potential for storytelling there that wasn't fully capitalized on. But mm-hmm. anyway. I can see that. I can In one of her stronger that. moments, she punches um, whoever in the face. Let's call him Charles. And <laughs> and, he's, and she's like, yeah, no, get away from me, sicko. They were in an alley while they're having this confrontation, right? She walks out of the alley. And then a couple seconds later, Charles is like, hey, everybody, she got bit by a vampire. And the whole town goes, oh, shit, Doris, what you gonna do now this time, gal? 
And so they talk about it. The mayor gets involved. It's like, well, the rules are we have to send you away to a camp. And we learn something about, like, um, they tried to send someone away to a camp a while ago. But then the count apparently found out about it and just murdered 30 villagers in rage. Yeah. Because- yeah, that was pretty uh, interesting that they were like, all right, like, ma- mayor, what do we do? He's like, the only thing we can do, we'll send her to that camp. And then everybody's like, well, but mayor. That's a bad idea, the- mayor. Didn't the last time we tried that, uh, the count just came and just massacred 35 civilians? And then he's just like, well, it seems to be the only thing we can do, though. <laughs> It's like I think the only thing we can do, son. I don't know what I can tell you. I'm just a mayor of a small old Japanese European sci-fi western town. It really is a Japanese European sci-fi western. It looks like a like a small town on like the outskirts of Berlin or something, and it's like walled off. And it's it's very strange. There's all this wild west imagery because they're all riding around on horses. But the thing is, these are mechanical horses. So yeah, they're cyborg horses. They're robot horses. Oh my goodness! But yes, very interesting. So there's a bunch of problems that come from that, and and (laughs) there's a bunch of problems that come from the situation where Doris is like, "Oh no, they want they want to hurt me," and then a lot of shit happens where people, you know, Count Lee has a a bunch of people under his like you know thumb, right? Because he's the vampire, he's the noble. So he's sending people like, "Ah, go get the girl back. I want the girl." And if yeah. that's not and that's not me being dismissive, that's his tone, and yes. that plays into his character, which I'm going to get into later. In it the- really does, but that that is interesting, and I, I want to definitely put a, a pin in that. But also yes. considering this count, uh, right? He bit Doris the first yes. time, and so she has his bite, and he's like a very strong vampire because he's yes. been alive for a very long time. The thing with vampires, the longer they're alive, the stronger they become. And they, and they, they so- clarify it was like ten thousand years. Yes, like a, a like a long time, longer than I've been alive. Honestly, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> well, they said ten thousand years, so I don't. I unless you were ten thousand and twenty seven this entire time, I would really like to know. <laughs> um, but you think the you whole know time, I you think you know somebody, but but the whole time I was thinking that this count, right? I was like, all right, he bit her and stuff. Why didn't he just keep her around? Like, I, why does he like send her back out? And then she's back out there, and then yeah, he's like, "Oh." Yeah, that was really well explained. Maybe there was some. I'm trying to remember. In the, I don't remember how the novel played out either, or the ma- uh, the manga started like at Doris of the Road, so they never had to address that problem. Mm. I, I think. See, I think this is where the film had a good idea trying to incorporate the bite. But the thing is, mm-hmm. the other two versions of the story didn't have that, so it created mm-hmm. a lot less questions. Because if you never saw the bite happen, right. If you never saw the bite, you can just, you can just assume like, oh, she got away or something happened. But right. now that you we like almost, well, we didn't like I said we didn't exactly see it, but we saw the circumstances leading up to it. Now, unfortunately, those questions are created. It's like, wait, how'd she get away? What happened here? Yeah, and like, why why didn't this guy just go get her back immediately if she got away? But also, like, when you see later, and then she gets recaptured, obviously, and she's like in the in, for the first or second time. Second time. Uh, yeah, that's right. That happens a few times. But she gets captured. And I'm like, how does she escape without anybody's help? Because she's clearly helpless in this scenario. It's yes. very interesting just to see, like, why this Count is also trying to get her back so heartily. Because, like, I'm like, he could have just had her the first time. And yeah. also, number two, like, why this girl? Is she the only, like, blonde in the neighborhood? Like, what's up, man? Well, <laughs> well, maybe what do you, guy what do you has, got? Maybe he just has a thing for really big foreheads because this, this – <laughs> because not only Doris but um, 
the other we we meet another vampire later on who who's a female who also has like a giant fucking forehead. Her forehead's huge, massive. And it was just so so funny to me because it's just so it's just something I'm not used to in anime or I'm just yeah. like I mean that's a I mean I, I'm I have a five head myself. I'm wearing a hat right now, but I have a big fucking forehead. And I'm just like I'm just like so I have no issue with that or anything. I'm just like that's just something I'm not used to in anime. So it yeah, is, it's, it's weird. distracting. There were just some characters in this show that were drawn like Omi from Shaolin Showdown or some shit. It's like just like ah. all forehead, small body. Um, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Where where were we? I, I don't even remember where we were. <laughs> I think we're just ripping Roran. And so uh, this is actually one of the things I want to bring up about the show that interests me a little bit. So mm-hmm. we kept calling this a film, and which is true. But the thing is, it kind of definitely felt like it had a – Traditionally, a film would have like a say. Let's say this is 120 minutes, 80 like right. 80 minutes. Or no, sorry, mm-hmm. no. So it was an hour and 20. So 80 minutes, 80 yeah. minutes, right? Usually, an 80 minute film has a continuing narrative that flows throughout the entire thing. This one very much had two 40 minute halves. So mm-hmm. instead of feeling like a full film, it felt like two OVA episodes stitched together. It did. It really did feel that way because there was a first time Doris got kidnapped, um, and then D just bailed her out. And that was that. It was so quick, too. He just, like, literally got in there and, like, you know, this count, like, sends his henchmen. And his henchmen are every time. Or this one henchman who had, like, really tall, like, spiky white hair. I can't remember his name. He, like, always went up to D and he was like, oh, what what was his name? Ray. Ray. What a name for a vampire. But Ray went up to D and was like, yo, man, I swear, man, I'm going to kill you. And then D was like, No. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just beat the fuck out of him, and that yes, was that, it. That's why I love D. This entire time, he's um, it's his characterization swing is very interesting to me. But so far, like, but from what we see from fight to fight, he just it's not really like the overwhelming "I'm so much better than you" thing. It's the yeah, I'm just smarter than you, and I could kill you if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Kind of, like, and it's fine. Yeah, they're kind of like disinterested, like whatever. And I also have a demon boy in my hand. Oh, hand is actually a great character. He does get explained in future D stories because um, how I should, so this isn't really isn't this isn't really a spoiler but the franchise of Vampire Hunter D it's very comparable to the the Bond franchise where mm. it's basically this one character in several different situations and the stories don't really interconnect. Oh but, um, okay. However, Hand does get some character development. I believe around like the from what I've read the third book they actually dish into who Hand is. That's pretty funny because the whole, like, almost the whole uh, film, you have his hand talking to him. And I'm like, is yes. that his hand talking to him? And, and then, then you it see his face. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, it is his hand the yeah. whole time. It's I thought a, it was yeah. like, it, it seems like it, it's probably like his dad or something or somebody yeah. that's like watching over him. And that's like, oh, D, you got to be careful with this. I'm like, is that his hand? Because every time like this voice yeah. came up, they just panned to D's hand. And I yes. was like, what is his hand saying this? And then you see the face eventually. And then you see funny. the face in the palm of his hand. Yeah, um, he gets explained upon in later novels. But um. <laughs> And at one point, even Hand saves Dee's life at one point in the story. So it does, yeah. It completely resurrects him from the dead, which we'll which we'll get to in a second. Because right, he rescues Doris the first time. Okay. Yes. And then that's what happens. And then he has to rescue her a second time because yes. is that the time that like the doctor that's with their family gets all crazy so, and yes, like turns a few into different a vampire? Things happen here. A few yes, different okay. things happen here. Um. So 
they try to kidnap Doris. D just yeets her out of there and says, nah, boy. Real and quick. So that would be – and that was like 40 minutes into this 80-minute film. So that would have been the perfect end of the first OVA because the second half of the movie plays out like the second of a two-part series where mm. Dan's like – Doris wakes up and she's like, where's D? And Dan's going, he's the best. He saved you and now he's doing other shit. The guy doesn't even take a break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. He, he legitimately said something to the effect like, he never takes a break. So so Dan's a big fan of D, and I forget what Dan D. is doing, but eventually Dan gets kidnapped by, I think it was the same white-haired, white spiky-haired henchman you mentioned previously with the boomerang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he kidnaps Dan, and they leave a note that only um, assassins and, like, vampire hunters and werewolf like, basically only hunters and assassins can read. Like, they, they write in, like, a trade language, which I don't know why. That attention to detail and world-building really got me. That, like... <laughs> Like, contracts between, like, hunters and assassins and just, like, bulletin boards for, like, it almost felt like a union, like a labor union in a way. Yeah, it is kind of I, funny, yeah. I just love that li- that level of world building. So, like, they, like, like Doris sees a note. She's like, what the fuck is this? And Dee just says what it is. It's like, it's a, it's only, it's only understood by hunters and assassins. <laughs> I yeah. found that so funny for, for a dumb reason. For a reason oh, that ahead. doesn't even make sense to anything. But they, they got that note. And she was like, I can't make heads or tails of this. And Dee was like, oh, it's clearly he has your brother. And I'm just picturing, like, it's just like a picture. I don't know why I thought this when he okay. handed it to her. But I thought it was just a picture, like, of the Count. Like, an illustrated picture of him just spreading his ass cheeks in front of them. And I, and, and, and she was like, what does this mean? And he was just like, oh, fuck, they have your brother. We got to go get him. Oh, <laughs> my God. It was just some like deplorable photo that that she's like, what what is this? He just sent them a he just sent them a dick pic via hieroglyphics. Is what he tried to say. A, yeah, a D for D essentially. A D for D is what we're talking about. So, but also before before Dan gets kidnapped, there's also another line that I would like to call attention to. Um, sure. It has to do with like either it was when Doris got kidnapped the first time. Or when he found out that she had a vampire bite and he started yeah. to cry. And this is the first time I think I heard D utter a full sentence. D just looks at Dan and he says, hold it in, Dan. Be a man. Don't yes. cry in front of your sister. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, that was pretty much the first full sentence he said. Like, oh, sorry, more than two sentences at a time. And I remember that. Like, It's funny because like he's like, the so- he, I guess it makes sense to the characters. He's so stoic. He's like. Yeah. But I just the you know, the only tonal contrast where it was like, if he just like left it at that, saying like holding it in front of your sister, it would have been fine. But then he's, he had some of the lines like make her happy. I'm like, you're saying make someone happy, dude. This is total total contrast. Your name is D, and you haven't interacted with the person in ever. So yes. <laughs> you talk with your hand. <laughs> yes, your hand does most of your talking. He's way more chatty than you are, sir. He's very chatty. A very chatty hand. So um, what happens is yeah. Dan gets kidnapped, and then, but at the same time, because um, we meet him earlier in this in the show or the movie, I keep saying show, but it's fine. Earlier in the whatever the fuck, um, we meet a doctor character, um, like the the local like village doctor who um has a, clearly has a very strong like sense of like familial connection with um Doris and Dan. It's never right. explained how, but anyway, so the doctor's like Doris, we have to run. And he's like, you know, I know a place we could be safe. So they go like on the horse and carriage. Of course, the very normal Western carriage, which the with the mechanical horse. So, but <laughs> in this world, it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's trying to. Uh, 
he's trying to like you know um, escort doors out of there and then he just kind of like goes Bleh! and kind of he doesn't really turn yeah. into like a, a vampire demon but he starts showing those characteristics but without like too much of a physical way because i assume the animators yeah. wanted to save money yeah yeah it was so, weird so, he kind of looked like more of a burn victim than he did like a vampire but it, you know it's whatever it's whatever but then like um so we have actually the daughter of Count Lee show up, who showed up before in the show, but we didn't talk about her yet because her character wasn't important until this point. So yeah. Lee has a so Lee has a daughter. I don't remember her name. And neither do I. She also has a massive forehead though. Another big forehead gal, one of the two in mm-hmm. the show. Um she she was very interesting to me because everyone and see this is one of the things that grabbed me narratively about this uh, movie is that everyone in terms of character motivations, everyone had very different motivations, which I really enjoyed. You're right. You're right. Nobody was, was just, like, blindly following, like, this Count. Nobody was like, oh, yeah, this Count Lee, man, he's my guy. Like, yeah. I get him. And then, like, but everybody else has their own thing. Like, even that Ray guy was like, all right, if I do enough of what this man says, he'll give me immortality. And his daughter is like, all right, well, I just don't want to, like, dirty our bloodline with some goddamn non-noble girl like Doris. So and then, then what she's happens, getting all up in their business. Which I love what happens immediately afterwards because because a lot of shots of Count Lee are just like slumped over with, in his chair with his like like his hand on his – like his face on his fist. Just like the slumped over about to fall asleep kind of look. And his daughter's going on like, you can't dirty our bloodline. Bring in this female girl. And this is one of the first times I realized Lee was like an interesting type of detestable. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care about this damn girl. I've lived for 10,000 years. I just want to have fun for 50. You know how short of a time that is for me. I want some fun. And then he goes on. It's like, if you hated, if you hated Dampier so much, you would have hated when I, when I took your mother. Meaning, you know. Yeah, that his, she's a Dampier. She's a Damp, like the, his daughter's a Dampier and starts freaking the fuck out because she had apparently no idea the entire time she's trying to like, trumpet the superiority of her bloodline of being a pure vampire but she had no idea she was a damn pure this entire time yeah. so there's an identity crisis there and now she's um she hates her father for it because um in a way like it's weird how they do this because i guess she sees it as a redemption where like if she, if she can stop her father from further contaminating their bloodline there'll be purity in the bloodline therefore making herself pure it's a very interesting series of motivations so towards the end of the show she starts turning on her father ray one of the top henchmen feels slighted because lee is like you didn't kill d i'm not giving you immortality come back to me in 50 years because to him 50 years is like two days yeah because he's he's a ten thousand years old but ray's like do you know that because ray's a human still he's like don't you know that is to my kind and he's like yeah because you're weak and I forgot the exact verbiage. Yeah. But the oh thing is, my that's God. why I, I, I'm so drawn to this villain because I hate him so much because he's like so detestable. Yeah. He has no compassion, no remorse. He doesn't care about anything or anybody. He's just his entire his entire point of existence at this point is just to entertain himself for like brief moments to like seek yep. some some temporary fulfillment because he's so bored as he puts it because he's been alive for ten thousand years and nothing's happened to him so he's which like, is crazy that all of this happened because this dude was just kind of bored one day he and was, was like just oh. bored and, and he wanted a new blonde girl to entertain him for 50 years until she died maybe give him some new half vampire yeah. children it's pretty so fucking it's, crazy it's he's like he's like a weird type of detestable just because he, he like it, the entire world's under his thumb and he just keeps squeezing and but he's so 
He's so there's no passion behind anything he does. It's it's sickening in a way. I don't know. It's it, it's a it's one of those things that's like the more you the more I think about it, the more mentally tripped up I get. I'm just like that level that it's that level of callousness. It is it, a bit very callous. Uh, but like the it's so interesting because the the stakes were so different from him versus everybody yes. else. Like the stakes yes. for him is like oh like all right. I can't really have my toy right now. But like yeah. the stakes for everybody else was like, yo, we're all going to die yeah. and turn into vampires. And yeah. oh my God. And then this yeah. guy's just like, yeah, you know, it's a whatever day. Like I've been living for so long. I don't really care anymore. He doesn't guys. Care. Yeah. He doesn't it's care. It's pretty wild. And, you know, so and like as I said, intermittently throughout the show, D is fighting all his random ass henchmen. There's a few who keep yeah. reoccurring. And there's some pretty cool set pieces, pretty violent, not super gory like a um, Devil Man or a Violence Jack, but like, you know, just arms getting cut off, blood flying everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a, a tasteful amount of violence. But then eventually they re-kidnap Doris because they kidnap Dan first and they lure Doris into a trap. They kidnap her. They sort of brainwash her. Him, like Her and Lee are about to get married. But then D with all the big D energy in the world shows up and just goes, yeah, no, thank you. And then, yeah. Lee, but yeah. then I love and I this this um one so as I go back and forth and I'll explain more later, the visuals in the show went from looking very good to not good. This is one of the best moments in the show for me in terms of visuals. Uh huh. D throws a dagger at Lee, and it lands in his eye. Yeah. He pulls out the dagger. His eye comes out in half, but then reshoots back into the eye socket fully reassembled because of his like vampire healing abilities yeah that and shit was crazy i was like yo, <laughs> yo your face right now your yo, this face man. right now so like that was such a cool moment visually for me i'm like oh my god like this it made it really gave him that aura of being unstoppable i will say again they built up lee so well as the ultimate heel where he's unstoppable callous uncaring no sympathy, no emotion. That's why I really got invested in this villain. And then D showing up is like, yeah, I'm gonna need the girl back. I I kind of wanted to bone her in one scene earlier, where like you know, there's the scene where like she was naked out of the shower, giving D a huge hug, and he's yes. controlling his he's controlling his vampiric urges to just either bite her or just fucking rail her. I wasn't sure yeah. what they were going for. But well, because like at that point, she was like hugging him really yes. tight. And she was like, it's okay if you want to bite me. That's okay, D. I yeah. love you and shit. And then he, he just, and man, shit. he was like looking like he just had the biggest stiffy going on right there. Yes. He was like, oh, I could, oh. And D got the blue balls bad in that scene. Real Some bad. bad blue balls. But also throughout the sh- throughout the um the the show film whatever, uh, they had this over underlying thing that every character yeah. once in a while would just be like, oh, so you fall in love with that guy, huh? To Doris, and I was like, why is everybody just shipping this out of nowhere? Yeah, he no, hasn't no. said five words, <laughs> and, then, no, no. and everybody's like, yo, you two would make a great couple. And I was like, why? He's just a he's dude. a vampire he, hunter. Yeah. He's just hunting those vampires. That's the thing I I really got on this viewing. I'm just like, wait, why is she falling for him? Like, why is anybody falling for anybody? It just makes exactly. no sense. Exactly. The only one you can understand is Lee because Lee is just he's not falling for anybody. He just wants to have like a new plaything for fifty years. 
That's all yeah, he wants. That's all the guy wants. He, his motivations, I understand. And then, like, D just wants to hunt vampires. And everybody else is like, yo, man, Doris, huh? That D guy, huh? You, you really like him, huh? And then yeah, she's like, yeah. yeah. I love and I'm how like, kept why? Go- I love how we kept going hard on this, like, southern, vaguely Texas accent. I love how we went very hard on that all episode <laughs> even though it's in like, Even though it's in, like, Japan, Europe, and space uh, for exactly. some reason. <laughs> for some reason, we decided, all right, the West. Here but, we go. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, what you were saying before, that scene with, um, you know, uh, the Count, like, the pulling di- that the knife out of yeah. his eye. So, yeah, that, that, that really was starts like, the final fight sequence, pretty That much. was at the final climax where, um, you know, D is getting the upper hand of Lee, and, and Lee's like, who the fuck are you? And throughout the entire movie, there's, like, a portrait of Dracula they don't really show his face in. Yeah. And so it's, like, Lee's daughter is praying to the, to the altar. It's like, Dracula, please. And then Lee, Lee looks over, and for the first time, we see Dracula's face. And it's fairly close to D's face. Yeah. And then Lee just goes, oh, fuck, don't tell me. Because the entire time Lee is like, oh, you're a damn pure. The product of the product of a human of a human woman and a vampire's indiscretion. Or I forget what the exact line yeah, is. Yeah, like, it was pretty rough. I was like, dude, that's the thing. Oh. That's, I mean, but that's why I love seeing Lee get his comeuppance because he was such a good part villain. He was such a good heel. I loved yes. hating him. I haven't I haven't hated this villain in a lo- in a while, and it feels great yeah. to hate someone this much because mm-hmm. he's just a good villain. Very but hateable. Anyway. Very very hateable. So yeah, it implies that like D is the, the son uh, one, one of the offsprings of Dracula. Exactly, like kind of like a bastard of Dracula, essentially. Exactly. So we don't, but luckily, but luckily we don't get too expanded upon that. They don't bore us. They don't they don't bury us in our exposition. It's very quick. He beats Lee. The day is saved. Um, Lee's daughter is like, what do I do? Do I die here with my family? And the D's like, you're not a vampire. You're a damn pure. You can make your own fucking choices. It was actually so funny um, how the whole, like, entire film, this, like, daughter of Lee is like, oh, my God. Like, I can't be... I can't be a damn pure. Like I'm a, I'm a pure noble. I'm a pure noble. My blood is pure. And then at the end, like D's like, yeah, you know, you're a damn pure, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Settle down, bitch. I'm like, oh yeah, dude. That's awesome. I loved him for that. And then, yeah, they all, they all get out of there. Uh, Lee's really the only one that died. And then, um, very literally, D rides off into the sunset with Dan and Doris going, D, we love you, D. It's actually so funny because he's at the bottom of this cliff riding this, like, cyborg horse. And they're all just like, D, they're like, yo, that's our guy. And he's, like, riding this horse. And and I'm like, does he just not give a shit about them? Because he's, like, not looking at them. And then at the very end, he's like, yeah, all right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then unfortunately it does the violent jack thing where for like two minutes the show just doesn't end it, just it keeps doesn't going. end it, it was just, just scenery going. just scenery and him on his horse for two minutes and then it ends and i'm like all right well so yeah, unfortunately that, that was the only genuine comparison i can make to violence jack i'm like will this show just fucking end please i have things to do today also the the tone of d throughout the movie was was very much of uh, your move, butt wipe. Uh, yes, which I, that I, very subdued, like the very like um, I guess you could say like kind of brooding badass where he yeah he, he never raises his voice. He only raises his voice once, I think, in the final confrontation with Lee. But other than that, he's super quiet, kind of stoic, and very much the your move, Captain Butt Wipe. <laughs> still, that line still gets you every time. It gets every, me every time. time, and it worked out great for him. But um, did it work out great for us? Oh, that's the question. Let's let's wow. dive into it a little bit. So, so Bouncy, I got a I got one question for you. Was it bad? Um, 
I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a no on that one, dog. Okay. Um, definitely not bad. Um, it did have a lot of things, as I mentioned, like throughout this uh, throughout this chat today. There were a lot of yeah. things narratively that I was like, that just doesn't make any sense, or like there right. are some things that I was like, you know. It, it, it really just a lot of things don't add up necessarily in terms of the narrative right, in terms of like right. you know why didn't count lee just get her back himself like why did uh d just kind of hang out and hunt this vampire for her like what is the deal like why is everybody like oh they're in love when i'm like what is their love i don't see it anywhere he just yeah. fucking slaughtered 10 people um and <laughs> but that's just like a, yeah oh, oh I, I mean i guess there it is i mean there could be like a, a bit of like a bunch of like plot holes in here but other than that i'm willing to forgive all of that because i think just in general like this was very fun to watch very yes. easy to watch you know not terribly it it was i would say it was a bit a bit long a, mm. a little too long i would have shaved right. it down a little bit yeah but other, other than those things i had a good time and i thought it did a very good job of uh, making me feel a type of way the villain was very hateable as you mentioned yes. Yes. um the characters were a bit wishy-washy but d uh was very funny to me yes. um <laughs> he was very yeah. stoic and very easy to understand and like him right. and his hand were a good combo um yeah the hand provided great comic relief it did it was a good like very nice foil to him right right and I thought yeah, they were yeah, able yeah. to contrast it pretty well. So in general, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I mean, it, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't bad. Uh, wasn't amazing. I didn't love it, but you know, yeah. it was a fun watch. I kind of liked it. Now, what about you? So here's the thing. There's just so many elements here because like I mentioned in the very beginning of the episode, the reason I eventually watched this movie was because I read the volume of manga that was later an adaptation of yeah. both this and the first, uh, in the first book in the novel series. Um, mm -hmm. the manga is by far my favorite telling of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, see, in my mind, if they just did one very simple thing, it could have, it could have really helped this film. Oh, okay. If they just, um, if they bumped up the length to two hours and broke it into one out two one hour episodes, uh -huh. if they did that, cause the, they weren't necessarily plot holes, but there's things that weren't explained very well. I assume the interest of saving time. Because yeah. when mm -hmm. I thought back to the manga and the novel, I said to myself, okay, I know what I know where, where the gaps are. But from your perspective, I totally get it because you don't have that the extra information there. Right. So right. I can completely understand why you just didn't mm -hmm. understand it. Because they just didn't they didn't spend enough time explaining some very basic fundamentals of how the story the story works and how the world works, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But for me, the reason why I was so originally entranced with this story was because of the world they built. Maybe more so than the story itself. I love. I just love the the gothic sci-fi Japanese Western <laughs> European town. I really yeah. enjoyed the all world the things they built attached here. to that was very fun. I, I did like the world they built. I especially like Dracula's castle. I mean, not Dracula's yes. castle, but like uh, Lee. Count Lee's castle. Exactly. Right. Yes, and it's one of the things where um, I'm glad they continued the story with D and the world, and that's it. So mm -hmm. it's all set in this world, but the ca the cast of characters per book just keeps changing. I think that's a fucking great idea because they realized mm -hmm. they hit a gold mine with the character of D and Hand and this world they built. So, and clearly, I've attached I have an attachment to the story because of how many times I've consumed it. Um, mm -hmm. But but generally speaking. 
the film itself was not bad. Uh, there's only a couple of things that really took me out of it was um, the animation here. It ranged from very clever and very good to really yeah. spotty, like yeah. distractingly spotty. Mm. Um, it could have been a budget being stretched thin. And, you know, I don't mind spotty animation too much because, like, again, like, my number 1B or 2 anime of all time is um, fucking Hikaru On, which is um, a masterclass of, like, weird animation cuts and something right. something being made on the very cheap. So right. I can understand a team struggling financially. But I don't know. Some of the visuals here and just also some of the artistic choices. Um, I don't know. Just see, having seeing Doris with, like, the blonde pigtails and, like, the very short fringe, I was that was really throwing me off because she's very much – and she's long. She's a she's a long brunette in every other incarnation of the story. Hmm. Interesting, weird. So I don't know why they did it that way. It just because when I when I saw Doris for the first time, I'm like, that's not fucking Doris. <laughs> it just wasn't. You know, and when they when they showed Doris, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Her name's Doris, obviously. She it reminded yeah. me a lot of um. You know, name name chains notwithstanding, but like a Doris from uh, Westworld. Have you ever seen Westworld? Um, like I the main, seen really Westworld, no. The main like robot character is named Doris, and she's like a robot and just like some right. like normal like blonde Western girl in yes. like the Wild West or something. And I was like, oh, that yeah, I mean that makes That's sense. That's a Doris. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and so it was weird. Again, coming into this now, um, so many biases working against me. I said this a lot in the Violence Jack episode. I know, but uh. I mean, I can very easily say this wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not bad. Was it good? Maybe. Great, no. Um, would I recommend it? Now, yeah. Would you recommend it to anybody? Mm, I have to be the douche here. I have, to be, I have to be that douche everyone hates where I would say, read the manga. <laughs> oh, you're a, you'd be a read the manga guy for this one. I see. Oh, no, I, see. I, I totally am a read the manga guy for this one because, again, the manga trims a lot of fat in the, both the novel and the film. Mm. And it's just the artwork in it was fucking beautiful from what I remember. Ooh, okay. So I got it for this for this particular <laughs> this particular movie. I would say mm. if you got to consume it in one way, read the manga. If, Interesting. Um, but yeah, but I, but if someone has like the hour twenty, hour and a half to kill, I'd say yeah, I'd just watch it, whatever. Yeah, I I don't think if anybody was like, oh, what what you know, what anime film should I watch today? I I would probably never say Vampire Hunter D. But gotcha. given that, it was kind of fun. I I liked so, it. So so I think I think we agreed. This film is okay. It's okay. Yeah, I think a happy medium on this. Not bad. Definitely not bad. There's too much going good for it to be bad. Yeah. there's Like I said, I'm just too invested in the character of D and the world itself. But, you know, this film itself is just okay. Who knows? Maybe down the line we can talk about Bloodlust, the film that everyone fucking loves. And Apparently like- everybody likes that one, too. I've never even seen it, and everybody tells me about how much they I, love again, it. Again, I, have, I haven't watched the whole thing because the first couple times it was so beautiful looking, I just went, ah! and maybe some form of some form of uh, premature it anyway this was vampire <laughs> hunter d yes it was vampire hunter d and this was bad anime we will see y'all next time woohoo it's bad, bad.
Wow. Oh my god. What a rousing podcast of anime conversation. Am I right, my compares? Am I right, my weebdom? Anywho, uh, yeah, you can send us a message if you want. Did you like this podcast? Did you hate this podcast? Do you want to kill me? Do you want to drench me in Calaxisaur blood and watch me drink it? That's fine. Just send us an email at badanimepod at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at badanimepod, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube as badanime and you can leave a comment on whatever video you want to leave a comment on. We'll read them all anyways. We don't care. I love you. Kiss, kiss. In your ear. Podcast Network.